your number one hit station in town. This is a vicious sound and you're listening to Teddy Bear on LOTL Radio. Chris Jasper and I said, you know what, 
I'm gonna take a chance. I <laughs> when I was doing this, running everything by myself, didn't have no staff or anything like that. I sent out an email, and lo and behold, this very talented young reached out to me and responded, and they said he would love to do the show. It blew my mind. So it's been 10 years, so now it is truly an honor to have this very talented brother back on the show and have the pleasure of discussing his new album, For the Love of You. So on behalf of the teddy bear and the zone, it is my pleasure to welcome to LOTO Radio, Mr. Chris Jasper. Chris, how are you doing this afternoon? Oh, great, man. Thank you. That was a, a great introduction. Has it been 10 years? Wow. It's been That's how time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been 10 years, man. It's been 10 years. Wow. That's, that's great. That's great, though. It's been 10 years. Again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us this afternoon with everything that's taking place in this country has been a has been quite an eye opening um experience and I wanted to ask you as far as the prelude of course to your new album For the Love of You, your whole entire being has been based upon faith. And I just wanted to get your feedback as far as some of the things that you have seen transpire, I mean, by you being in New York and things that are taking place over in this country, what has been your overall kind of feedback? What is your thought process, thought process has been through all this? Well, you know, I think everybody's in agreement that, uh, you know, it was a terrible thing that occurred, you know, and it, it occurred where, you know, everybody could see. And, uh, I'm just I'm just certain that you know justice is going to be served in this situation, um, but I think um, the violence uh, that I saw was uh, you know a little over the top, you know a little shocking, and uh, I think you know um, everybody should just step back for a minute. You know justice is going to be served here, you know, and um, to you know endanger when when they, when they do those things, they endanger their own lives. You know, right. and in the lives of you know people, people have established businesses. You know, and I know how hard it is to start a business. You know, right. And a lot of people that are being affected are African Americans. You know, uh, by these actions, and um, I just think you know, uh, just step back and you know let justice be served because I'm sure it's going to be served in this case. Well, I pray that it does. And uh, as far as your music, your music has always been able to touch people in a way emotionally, whether it's been from based upon relationships, based upon faith, based upon God. And I've had an opportunity to listen to the entire album, and you've had an opportunity to kind of mesh everything in together. And so I wanted to ask you, number one, what took you so long to release another album? Because it's like, you'll go maybe three years and step back and then release a uh, movie. So what took you so long to put this album together? Well, it just, um, I just, because I was, I was doing so many albums in a row that right. I, I just said to myself, I said, well, you know, let me just step back for a minute and uh, uh, just consider what I'm going to do for my next uh, album, you know. Uh, and what I found out was, I was getting a lot of requests from people to do some of the songs I did, you know, with the group. You know, uh, hey, why don't you go back and, you know, cover this song or cover that song. And so um, what got this album started was my son uh, was getting married in September of, of last year. And uh, he said, Dad, you know, um, we'd like for you to do a song at the wedding. And... Um, I said, okay. And then he said, well, could you do another version of For the Love of You? Because, you know, we like that song, but can you do another version of it? And I said, uh, okay, let me work on it. And so uh, I started to work on it and, you know, started to really like it. And um, I did it at the wedding and, you know, everybody really liked it, got a big response from it. So I said, okay, this could be the start of my cover album that, you know, uh, they've been asking me to do. <laughs> so <laughs> I started to choose other songs from uh, different albums. I, I chose uh, I Once Had Your Love, Can't Let Go, 
and then uh, Go For What You Know. That's another song from that same catalog. And so I said, well, you know, there's other things, too. There's other songs that um, I would like to touch on, too. So uh, Sam Cooke, I was a big fan of his growing up. And I said, you know what? I would like to do one of his songs. And so we, we were listening to his um, greatest hits. And when we come up and uh, Nothing Could Change This Love came on, and my wife said, look, you know what? I think you could do that one, do, do something really special with that one. And so I worked on that one. And then, uh, of course, Marvin Gaye, uh, he's another uh, uh, inspiration to me when I was, uh, you know, c coming up early uh, in, in music. So I said, all right, I'm going to do one with Mar Marvin Gaye, too, you know. So we decided on uh, God is Love uh, because that's one... Uh, that I really liked from 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 his uh, catalog, and and we did other ones too. So it was um, I wanted to put a collection of, of of songs, popular songs that people knew, you know, songs that even that I wrote to combine them in there. And uh, I really had a good time doing this album because um, there were things that I really liked, and I, I wanted to put a different treatment to them, you know, uh, to make them a little bit different. You know, the last time we spoke, we said, we both mutually mutually agreed, the most important thing to have in one's life is, number one, not only to be grounded, but also have a sense of peace of mind. And I sense that kind of peace of mind that you have, it enables your artistry. And I wanted you to kind of touch upon that a little bit because you have so many people that don't have that peace of mind. And I mean, they have riches, materialistic things, and still are not happy. And I wanted to ask you, what has that meant to you that has enabled you to be such a prolific songwriter and musician? Well, you know, being, understanding, you know, God's word, I mean, I, I cannot put a value on that. Um, because understanding God's word and having um, a, 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 the wonderful kind of marriage that I have, you know, Margie, my wife, I mean, there's nothing more valuable than that and that can create a person's peace of mind because you can see the world and you can see all situations from God's point of view when you know his word that well, you know, and that sets your mind straight, you know, and it relaxes you. You, you have, you know, Christ was right, you know, the, the, the truth shall make you free. You have this feeling of freedom even though, you're in a you know a world that's you know doesn't have doesn't have that same peace you know a world that's at odds with each other it seems like sometimes but that that knowledge of the truth you know and God's word is the thing that can give you a lot of peace and that and that does free your mind to do other things better sometimes than you did before you know uh, and so I, I think that's I think that's what does it for me. Because every album or every single that you've ever put out, it resonates. It just seems that you're in such a relaxed state of mind. And I see, like you said, you know, you, we live in a society that's so much as far as full of turmoil, turmoil and people searching, uh, looking for love, wanting love, want, looking for acceptance. And it's just amazing to me why I sit back now and I see all the things that have transpired. You know, it seems the older that I that I get, it's just like nothing surprises me anymore. And I see how people have a t t tendency to lose who they are. You know this industry inside out. How have you been? How have you able? How have you been able to kind of? I would say balance still having a a healthy, a healthy marriage, a healthy personal life, and kind of separate the industry, especially being an independent artist. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I I work with my family. That's another thing that's unique about, I guess, my situation is, you know, my wife is the attorney and the product manager, you know, for for all the things that I do. My son Michael, he works along with me, you know, with the music you know, with, with rhythm, and he's also an attorney. So that family relationship, you know, is is into everything I do, you know. So I don't have this separation. I mean, a lot of people do have a separation, you know, 
from their career and their family life. I don't have that separation. I'm blessed that I can work everything within the family unit, you know, and that's a that's a big plus for me because um, that's where my heart is, you know, and that's where my music comes from. You know, when when you hear my music, it's honest. It's it's the truth. You know what I mean? If there's any of the gospel songs I put out, I'm telling the truth. You know, I want people to hear and receive God's messages when I'm when I'm when I'm doing those songs. So, and that's that's I guess that's another thing that gives me peace of mind because my life is not divided. You know, um, and that's that's. You know, God has blessed me with that too. You know, I was uh, actually it's, it's funny, somewhat ironic. A couple of days ago, about a week ago, I was uh, sitting in the living room. It was maybe one or two o'clock in the morning, and I decided to put on an album. And I was listening to uh, "Fight the Power," and I said, "Wow!" And you know, you go back and you listen to the lyrics. And you look how old that album is and it, how it so pertains to right now. And at any time, you used to do a lot of touring when you was with the Isley Brothers and also with Isley, Jasper Isley. Do you ever miss it as far as being able just to go out and just perform, consistently consistently perform? Because I see a lot of times people are asking, when are you going to perform? When are you going to perform? Do you ever miss it? Oh, do I miss it? Yes. Um, I, you know, um, sometimes, you know, I, I, I think about it, uh, think about touring and, and everything. Um, but recording and, and writing new music um, was always my favorite part of the business. You know, creating something new, you know, um, was always my favorite thing because I was, I was trained as a composer from a little kid. You know, um, my my piano instructor, you know, would teach me, you know, different things that composers would do, different approaches that they would have, and how they created their music, you know, and that was instilled in me from a, a child. And so, you know, when I started professionally, that was my favorite part, was coming up with another idea. You know, what else can I do musically? You know, how can I approach uh, even a cover song? What can I add to it? You know what I mean? Those kind of things are the things that keep me, that kept me going in this business. Now, the performance part, yeah, that was great because you got to see, you know, how your music was accepted. You, you get that feedback from the crowd, like uh, uh, a response, right, immediate response. And that was great to see how, you know, uh, how effective the music was, you know, and, and which songs they favored, you know, over others. Uh, and that whole experience was good, you know, but touring sometimes can, can, can get to you, you know, like maybe halfway through or three quarters of the way through because, uh, the travel is the, that's the part that gets to you, you know, going from this place to that place and, you know, maybe traveling on a bus or on a plane. Sometimes it can get tiring, you know, but, uh, it's always good to, to see that though, you know, to see that initial response from the audience right. feedback. Because I never really got an opportunity to ask you that before. I said to have that kind of connection to the audience in a live performance, I mean, what else compares to that? Because, I mean, like I said, the times that I've seen you perform, I mean, it's incredible. And I'm like, how do you come off of that kind of level of high? Again, having that kind of connection with an audience and then it's okay, I'm comfortable just going in the studio and writing. I mean, I mean, how can it compare? Oh, it, 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 you know, it, I guess it depends on um, the individual, you know. Some people, they just love to just perform. Right. You know, they may not be songwriters or composers or arrangers, you know what I mean? Some some artists just perform. They don't, even, they don't even write their own material. So for them, you know, the performance is it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it. That's what they do. 
That's all they do. But for somebody like me, though, who is a writer, you know, and, and a composer, first, that's what I was first, you know, and, and, that's, and, and that's where all of my musical education comes from. You know, that is another kind of high, you know, that many people may not know, you know, because I, I think um, they may not be songwriters, they may not be trained composers, you know, I mean, they, they may not know that. That doesn't, that's not the thing they're in the business for, you know. But I've always been in the business for that reason, you know. And then, and then even um, the, when, when when I started singing, you know, um, I, nobody heard me singing at first because I was shy about that, you know. But my mother caught me singing, and she made me join the choir, you know. <laughs> so uh, that whole performance thing was like what I'm trying to say is that was kind of secondary to my, you know going in there and creating a new song. That's why when I was with the group, we had a we had an album out every year. And that was from a certain discipline that I had. You know, that discipline of, hey, creating new ideas, come up with something else. You know, if Ernie had something, I said, what you got, Ernie? And then, you know, I'll work on it and, and, and work it out with him. You know what I mean? That whole thing was possible because there was a certain discipline. You know, I personally felt responsible but getting those albums out there. I mean, not, nobody told me I was responsible, <laughs> you know. But it was just my training made me feel that I was responsible for, for recording that music and making sure it was uh, at a certain level, you know. Now, just to show you that my memory hasn't gotten too shoddy over the years, I remember the first time that I interviewed you, and you said one of the things that frustrates you more than anything else is the lack of accountability, accountability and responsibility as being an artist. And for you, yeah. you've always taken pride in that. Does at any point do you see the lack of creativity or accountability as far as lyric-wise? Does that frustrate you as far as what you see taking place in, the t in today's music industry? Yeah, sometimes it does because... Um, Everybody wants to say that they're not a role model. You know what I mean? They want to, they want to claim that, but you, you can't get around it. I mean, if you're if you're a, a recording artist and you are successful, people are going to listen to your product, and more more than likely, they're going to be influenced in some kind of way. You know, you can't get around it. You are a role model, and and because of that you should be responsible about what you say, you know, because it's going to affect someone, you know, sooner or later, you know. And if it's always negativity you're spewing out there, it's going to affect people in that negative way, even if it's unintentional by you. You know, it still is. You know, the Bible tells us faith comes by hearing. You know, a person's going to believe what they hear. And if they hear the wrong thing, they're going to believe the wrong thing, you know. And that's why it's so important to me to tell the truth. If you hear a record that I'm <laughs> that I made, I'm telling the truth in there, you know. And I think that's important, you know, to, for people to hear the right thing. We have enough wrong stuff going on, <laughs> you know. And that's where, like I said, that responsibility and that accountability comes. It's attached. Whether an entertainer wants it attached to him or not, it's attached to them. <laughs> you know, because especially the successful ones, because they're going to be heard the most. And if you're out there saying some crazy stuff, you know, some negative things, you're affecting the population in the wrong way. You know, well, I don't care how big the record is or how successful you are, you're still putting negative stuff into people's minds, you know, and I, I think that's, uh, you know, something that maybe they don't realize sometimes when they're, when they're doing that, you know, they don't, they don't realize the effect this is having, but it does have an effect. The word you just used, effect. Have you ever just had an opportunity, Chris, just to kind of sit back and just really, truly realize what kind of imprint that you have left 
on this industry, man, or just realize how many people truly not only love your music, but love you. You have accomplished so much, man. And like I said, you know, I tell people in a minute, I'm not afraid to share my age on certain occasions, <laughs> on certain occasions man. But what you, <laughs> what you, along with the rest of the Isaac Brothers, what you created, I mean, from not just music, style, fashion. I mean, I wanted to be Rudy when I was in junior high. <laughs> I know my son is gonna tease me for that, but man, I I really I wanted to be Rudy, man, with the the, and everything. I just I wanted to dress like that and everything. I mean, do you ever sit back and just realize what you have done and the type of you know blueprint that you've left on this industry, man? I mean, um, sometimes you know I think about it, you know, especially when they give you know, awards like Lifetime Achievement Awards and, you know, things like that. Um, and, and and some of the responses I get on Facebook, you know, now. You know, people tell me about how the music has affected them and, you know, how they grew up and it was a soundtrack of their life and blah, 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 you know. I'm like, wow, you know, I, I'm, I'm just starting to be able to hear from people personally and and for them to describe the impact it had on their life, you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to hear that before, you know, before the the, the recent technology, you know, and so it's you know it's something that I didn't give much thought to until people start telling me, you know, and then I'm like, wow, you know, that I guess that really was, you know, some important. Uh, you know, albums and, and, and things. But, um, again, like, because I'm a composer at first, I'm always thinking about what I can do next. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't, I, I think that, I think the worst thing for a, a songwriter or composer is to dwell on what they've already done. Because I think that's the key to, you know, entering into that realm of stagnation. You know, when you start thinking about what you've already done. Um, well, I think, I'll, I'll I think about it briefly, and then I let my mind go. I let, I said, okay, get off of that. Go, think, think of the, look forward. Think about the future, you know. And I've always done that. You know, I've always done that. It's funny because when you came out with the one, I'm like, wait a minute. How is he going to top this? Because the one is <laughs> I can't grow any hair anymore, man. I 
went from having long, beautiful hair. Now I'm bald, looking like a chocolate sprinter, man. But that's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. For those who are tuning in late, shame on you. But the teddy bear does forgive you. We're being joined by the legendary Mr. Chris Jasper. Let's get into it from his fantastic new album, of course, For the Love of You, with the hit single, mm, Sam Cooke favorite, Nothing Can Change This Love, here in the zone. If I could go So uh, it's, it's 
very, very nice. I mean, I, I really like to write for film, you know, and and uh, that's one of the things that I, I would like to do more of. But yeah, we're still working on the music and still working on finalizing some of the scripts. Both of us being a father, I cannot imagine the amount of just being a proud dad. I mean, to see your son grow up to be a wonderful, intelligent, caring man, and now he's a lawyer, and he's doing other things. How does that make you feel as a parent to know that you and your wife have been able to accomplish so much? I mean, you know, we're so proud of him, and um, you know, we've 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 been, you know, everything he was involved in. You know, we 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 were there, you know, and I can't tell parents how important that is to, you know, support your your child, you know, to be there physically, right. you know. I mean, every every basketball game, every baseball game, you know, anything <laughs> he was involved in, he was he took kung fu and karate, you know, from age three. You know, we were right there watching him, you know what I mean? And uh, all of his tournaments. I mean, and, and that means something, you know? That really means something to to the individual, to the kid. And we just saw him grow up, you know, and go to college and saw his, saw his mind growing. He got more intelligent, you know. Just, just seeing that was incredible, you know. And then he graduated law school and then, you know, passed the bar exam. I mean, that was, I mean, that's, you know, I always told Mike, I said, Mike, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, if you hear somebody in the stands yelling loud, loudest, that's me. <laughs> you know, you, you know what, what's so funny, because when I had him on the show, when you both were on the show, and I could barely get him to say anything, but he loosened up. And I remember one of the questions that I asked him, I said, what is it like? having Chris Jasper as a father, because that's a huge, huge shadow, man. I mean, that's a huge shadow, knowing that you have a famous parent like you are, and he is, he's done fantastic, man. I mean, at any time, was it kind of challenging for you, knowing, hey, I got to step back a little bit and allow him to be who he is and not feel like he has to walk in my shadow? Oh, yeah, that's, I always do that. I always step back, you know. Um, I, I listen most of the time, you know, um, and, you know, but there's times where he'll come to me and he'll ask me things, you know, like, hey, dad, you know, what do you think of this? Or, hey, do you, you know, what do you, you think you could, you know, I have a, a musical idea. Do you think you can add something to it? You know, I always step back and let him, you know, present what he's doing first, because I think if you, I think if you um, get involved too soon, you can affect a person's creativity, you know. Uh, I know that from experience. So it's best, you know, just let him do what he's, do his thing, you know. And if he gets if he gets you know a place where he needs help, he'll ask me, you know. And I'm more than willing to 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 add what I can, you know. Now you have this wonderful album out that's available, and hopefully, knock on wood, soon this pandemic somehow, some way, we'll get through this with unity and love yeah. and understanding and compassion. Mm -hmm. Do you foresee yourself, if not this year, because this year is passing by, do you foresee yourself in 2021 possibly doing some type of, I don't want to say touring, so maybe some intimate performances? Mm -hmm. Because if you are, if I have to get on a train, plane, camel to come out where you <laughs> perform, I'll do it. Do you have any reservations of possibly doing that for next year? Oh, no, I have no reservations. It's just like um, the thing with me with touring is uh, I've done it so much that I know that business, you know, and if you if you don't plan it properly, okay. it won't work for you. You know what I mean? Because there's so many expenses and so many things, so many variables out there that you have to uh, take care of. You know, even your own entourage, your own band and everything, you know, there's a lot involved in uh, putting that together. So that's, that would be my only concern is that the deal that I make to go out there has to be right for, for all those things to be taken care of properly. That's, that's the main consideration, 
Uh, the fact that do I want to do it? Yeah, sure, I want to do it. Yeah, but I want to do things right. I don't want to do things that you know don't turn out the way they're supposed to, for whatever reason. <laughs> you know? right. yeah. And I think I think some people do that. They jump out that a little too quick, or they jump out you know with the wrong deal or something. You know, and it makes them you know it, it, it just makes things you know. Uh, they get the wrong idea about it, you know what I mean? Because they made the wrong deal, you know. So uh, I already, I already kind of know what to look for, the things to, uh, to to make sure they're properly done and everything. So it's, it it all depends on the deal, you know. Without question, UK radio, the United Kingdom loves your music, loves your music. Yeah. Can you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love your music. Can you explain or give the listeners some input on what it has meant to you to know that you've been able to reach out to so many people? Because, you know, the industry has changed now. Where you had to sit up and conduct interviews, go to radio stations in different cities and different states, and now you can do an interview from your own home, promote your music, and it's being picked up internationally by all different types of radio stations on the Internet. How has that helped you? How has that enabled to get your product out to so many different people? Yeah, well, like, like you just mentioned, it's a lot easier now. You know, um, you can just, you know, you can go on uh, Skype. You know, you can, you know, do other things where you, you people can see you and, you know, you can be in another country, you know. And um, you, you, as far as promotion is concerned, you don't have to, you know, put everything in the mail. You know, you can, you can email your product. So uh, it makes it a lot easier to do the promotion part. Uh, the part that, you know, uh, technology has kind of um, put a negative uh, spin on is the downloading part, you know, where you have these free downloading sites and everything, and people, you know, go there sometimes before they'll buy something, you know. Um, that part of it, I think somebody should come up with a, an idea to, you know, stop that. You know, but um, yeah, the, the other part is very easy to promote now. Much, much easier to promote now, I should say. Would you ever give up your independence as far as being an independent artist? If the the, few, the handful of labels that we have right now, what kind of offer, what kind of deal would they have to present to you for you to actually to make that change and sign with a major label again? creative freedom to have now so okay. that's that would be number one uh but um the way things are going you know it couldn't be it couldn't be the deals that they're offering you know i, I hear a lot of times they call 360 deals you know where they where they're into every part of of every <laughs> uh, earning stream that you have you know because uh, that's what a lot of these majors are offering and i would i couldn't go for that you know because, um, you know, publishing and, you know, songwriting interests and, and even sometimes touring, they ask for part of that, too. You know, I, I couldn't be part of that. I couldn't make a deal like that. It would have to be something fair. Uh, they would actually have to have some kind of stake in it. You know, the way, you know, it took me a while to understand that most deals that majors make, they don't have a stake in the product, really. Only stake they have in the project, pro, uh, uh, in, in, in the music, is the manufacturing part of it. You know, they, ma they may manufacture the product, but a lot of them have their own manufacturers, so that costs us way down. They don't really have a stake because they'll give you an advance, which has to be recouped. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, so you know, <laughs> if, if they give you an advance and they recoup it, that means they didn't have a stake in it because <laughs> you paid them back. <laughs> you see what I mean? The, the deal, that deal doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, so um, I think a lot of times artists, they might need money or something, you know, and, they, and they'll make a deal and they're not, they don't understand what the, act, the actual deal is. They, sometimes they don't understand what, what points they're getting, you know, or what percentage of the earnings they, they will receive, you know, to go towards their points. <laughs> You know, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, it would have to be something 
And, and see, that's another thing. I'm glad I have a law degree. I'm glad, you know, I have two lawyers here in this family, you know, because whatever thing is proposed, we go over it. You know what I mean? It's like being in a small law firm. <laughs> and, you know, it's got to be right, man. You know what I mean? It's got to be right. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, you get some of these young kids from these, you know, areas, poor environments, and you wave $75,000 in front of them, more money than they've ever seen, and they sign a contract, yeah. and they don't know exactly what they're signing, and they go out there and they're selling all these records, all these units, and then they come back and they find themselves flat broke because you have the company, the label, taking all the money. They're recouping all the money back because it's no more than a loan for studio time, mm-hmm. for travel, for hotels, for clothing. It's it's yeah. it's <laughs> yeah, you gotta you have to know the rules of the game. You know, I always say that the rules of the game. It's like if you're a, a professional uh, athlete, you have to know. And if you're gonna get in this profession, you better know the rules of this game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or else you're gonna be taken advantage of. And it's been happening for so many years, you know. And um, I, I, I try to tell people whenever I talk to them, I try to give them, you know, the right advice. You know, you have to have good counsel, people you can trust. Well, you know what? Again, you know, again, I'm, man, I'm, it's very rare that I'm lost for words. But, again, I just want to send out a very special thank you to you and um, your wife, man, for supporting me, man. Like I said, I tell people all the time when I started, it was just me. It wasn't no, <laughs> it was just, it was just me. So everything that I've blossomed into with this show and, and having all these artists, I owe to you, along with you, Phil Perry, and George Duke. You know, you three individuals, man, y'all, you made it where I'm at right now. And I really want to just give, give an opportunity to really just say thank you. Thank you so very much. You know, I support all your music. You know, as soon as something come out, I'm, hey, when you're coming on the show, got to have you on the show. Got to talk about this music. We got to sit up and make sure we promote this music and people buy your music. Now I want to make sure everybody buys this new album. Family, again, be sure to get the new album for the love of you. And speaking for the love of you, the title track from the new album, listening to the lyrics, it just resonates. Classic Chris Jasper. What does that particular song mean to you? Oh, that's, uh, that song uh, really takes me back. You know, um, uh, I originally wrote it uh, for the Heat Is On album. Right. And uh, I had... I had um, I just had graduated college the year before, and that was like an album that we all, just the three of us younger guys, you know, played all the music on. And it was a number one record, you know, the album was number one, top 40. It was really um, an album that set us apart, so to speak, and, and, and put us in a different category, you know. And I always remember that song as being one of the favorites, you know, of, of people, you know, from that album. When we would do it live, I mean, huge round, you know, burst of applause every time, you know, that first, those first few notes would be played, you know. And um, it's just, it was just an all, I think it's one of the all-time favorites from the catalog. And, I, and, and it was a song that I wrote, and I said, well, if I'm going to do any song that I wrote, you know, that one, I, I should go back and try to do a treatment of that one, you know, because of everything that it meant, you know, uh, to the career. You know, because Fight the Power was the first single from there. Before the Love of You was the ballad that they just, you know, wore out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> so, you know... That that's always going to be a special song, you know, for me, you know, uh, because you know, I was I wanted to I was adding things to it that I didn't think people kind of realized at the time, you know, the harmonies that I was using in those chords and everything that I was playing, uh, and the, the the synthesizer part that flows through there. That was the first, 
you know, um, that the fact that, you know, there was a, another line counter to the melody that the vocal was going to sing, you know, that flowed throughout the whole song. That, that had never been done before. And um, somebody pointed that out to me. And I was saying, you know what, I, I didn't even think about that. You're right. <laughs> that nobody was doing that, you know. And, uh, but I was just trying to come up with a good idea, you know. I didn't know I was doing something that nobody had ever done before, you know. But, uh, yeah, that song, that song is always going to be special for those reasons. Because the first time I heard it, I said, wait a minute. How can you recreate perfection? And it's like, it's like, okay, it's like you have the perfect meal. How can you recreate something that's just perfect? And now you put your own, another spin on it, and it sounds, it sounds incredible, man. And I'm glad to have an opportunity to debut it here on the show. So let's get into it, of course, the title track from a new album from Chris Jasper, of course, For the Love of You, here in the zone of LOTO Radio.
Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.